it's not about taking things out. It's about putting the right things in mm. and the bad things start to funnel out on their own. Yep. Welcome to the Value Vault Podcast, where we discuss mindset, personal growth, and lessons learned along the way that relate to life and business. We hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey guys, and now that we're back on the podcast, I want to introduce our pillows. We've had these for a while and I love them. For those hearing us, they're Virgin Mary pillows and they're beautiful. I know, they're awesome. But back to talking. Today we're talking about habits. Habits, habits, habits. What is to you the most important habit you've implemented into your life, Nick? For me, the most important habit that I implemented into my life is honestly working out. Every morning, I get myself up and I do a huge, like, high-intensity interval training workout. And I feel better, not just my body, but my mind. Because mm. I feel like when you work out, you strengthen and you callous your mind to perform better in the future. Because when you work out, you're supposed to tear those muscle fibers. You're supposed to tire yourself out. You're supposed to hate doing it because it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel as familiar to us. But the good thing, what I love about the habit, oh, about the habit of working out is that you fail. And every time you mm. fail, you get bigger and you get stronger. It happens every time in bodybuilding and powerlifting and running. Every time you push yourself so hard past your own limitations, you end up exceeding much further than you ever thought you would you would be at. Yeah, I definitely see that. And it's it's almost the same thing with habits, just like when you work out, right? Like your muscle has to break those fibers before it gets bigger. And a habit has to fail before it gets better, right? You have to yeah. continue putting those layers on top of another. And it's interesting because... Talking about working out, it reminded me how the other day you and I figured out like sometimes you and I are not going to be doing the same workout at the same time. Yeah. Like we were supposed to be working out and going for a run, but I was like, oh, I just, you know, I want to work out, but I don't want to run. I love doing hit. I'll do some hit. Nick went for a run. And it's almost like same thing with habits and just success paths, you know? Everybody can be heading the same way, but going in different directions. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Like, I remember a preacher talked about that one time in a video where he stood one way facing the wall, and he had a kid next to him in the same spot facing the other way. And he said, see how we're in the same spot but facing different directions? Mm. You guys can be in the same thing, the same journey, going different ways. And somehow at the end, you may be aiming for the same top rim. That's crazy. Isn't that cool? I just thought of that, but, but oh, there's this is uh, the book I told you about. The Power of Habit is such a great book to learn about habits, mm. and they talked about uh, this guy Eugene, <clears throat> and he was he suffered some kind of disease, but he's very popular among the scientific community because it is a, he has made a tremendous impact to the scientific community about the mind, because yeah. he actually had a damaged hippocampus. Mm. Your hippocampus is like your memory. And that's where it's it's stored. But the thing is, is that he when he went for walks without his wife, like she got scared, but he went out uh, for walks and the scientists would be like, how do you know how to get back home? He would mm -hmm. say, I actually don't know. And he doesn't know his age. He doesn't remember his children. He forgets he's married. But they ask him, how did you get back home? 
He doesn't know, but he always finds his way back. It's because he uses his basal ganglia, mm. basal gang- ganglia, however you say it. But that's where the habits and your cognition is formed. That's mm. where your habits are stored. So they did another test where they were in the house and he said, Eugene, show us where the kitchen is. He says, I, I don't know where it is. Mm. And they said, Eugene, sh- tell me where you go when you're hungry. He walks straight into the kitchen, opens the cabinet, grabs a jar of cookies and walks back to his room like nothing happened. It's because he operates not out of memory from the hippocampus, but he operates straight out of habit, and that's how powerful the basal ganglia is in our mind. Our you brain. know, I wonder if that's where, like, quote-unquote, like, muscle memory comes from. Mm. Like, because when I, I remember doing Krav Maga, and, like, when you're doing it, you repeat it so many times, or even in jiu-jitsu, you repeat it so many times, and then once you're, like, actually, like, fighting or when you're going and sparring, it's, like, you don't really think. It just happens. Like, mm-hmm. someone, like grabs your gi some way and so you defend exactly how you were taught the same way repeated 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 and that muscle memory i wonder if it's not really memory if it's just like this habit and that yeah. part of the brain Th- that's but, what i was thinking not necessarily memory but it's a muscle habit yeah another good book while we were talking about it and this is kind of beat up right now but we <laughs> it was a really good book we read it a lot it's make your bed by admiral william mcraven Mm-hmm. That's a really good book. And I think that's another really big habit that, excuse me, it sounds small, but it's really important. Oh, yeah. It's making your bed in the morning. And I remember growing up, I used to always think, I'm like, why am I making my bed? I'm going to go back to bed anyways. Yeah. And especially like you're, when you're young, you don't have your own place. You don't have your own things. It's just, it's just your room. Mm-hmm. And so in our minds, it's like, well, we want to do whatever we want. So that's how we do what we want. We don't make our beds. But in reality, when you start to think of it in a way of I'm going to start taking care of myself, what is the first thing you're going to do in the day? Mm-hmm. Right? Like we were talking to people at one of our networking events and I was I always say the same thing. It's why is it that in business we're taking care of all of these people but we don't even take care of ourselves, mm. especially in the mornings when we don't even have a routine. Some people like I bet you if we did a uh, what's it called, a survey in a room, 70% of people don't have a routine in the morning. Mm-hmm. A simple routine or even just a conscious routine, right? Conscious. You can You can have a routine, but you're not conscious of it. You could A routine can be as simple as you make your bed, uh, you go brush your teeth right after, and then you go make breakfast. That can be a simple routine. Or simply just adding that self-care to yourself, giving back to yourself fresh in the morning so that you take care of yourself first so that you can then take care of others throughout the day. Yeah. I wanted to talk about, because in the book, going back to my book, The Power mm-hmm. of Habit, it's so interesting because this is how habits are formed. They're formed through a cue or a trigger, mm. and then it goes to a routine mm-hmm. of the action, and then it's the reward. Yeah. So it's just like they were talking about in the book. The example was alcoholics. Their cue was they felt sad, and it was usually men, because mm-hmm. they, they don't know how to deal with feelings and emotions so much. So they turn to alcohol. They're, but their cue, their trigger was they're feeling down. And they wanted to hide their sadness and emotions. And then the routine was to always drink. Drink mm-hmm. enough. like, And it's weird because in the book they said they didn't even like being drunk, but they just liked the feeling of their emotions being taken away. Mm. And the reward was that they were happy again. But the reward is that they felt happy, but in the background, their lives were falling apart. Their marriage was falling apart. Their income was falling apart. They lost their jobs. But what was very actually cool about this, the sign... Uh, Psycholo- psychologists did with uh, this experiment 
it's it's weird because it's baffled upon like within the scientific community because they didn't use any sort of drugs like they were actually mad that these psychologists found a way to not use actual drugs yeah. that can change these people's lives because their habit was cue routine reward but they they didn't change the cue and the reward they just changed the routine mm. so their cue was still the same that the men were usually sad and the reward was at the end they're usually happy but they changed the routine from drinking to maybe physical exercise mm, or reading okay. a book something that gets their mind out Anything. of that old habit that old zone of drinking themselves almost to death and hurting their lives and everyone's life around them you know that that reminds me like that really big talk and is a little controversial but the talk about marijuana right mm-hmm. it's legal now in a lot of states i don't know, maybe the whole united states i don't know, I don't know. but Marijuana is legal in a lot of places and people have taken it now where everyone is either depressed, completely sad, they don't like their lives, their lives are too hard, or whatever it is they're going through and their cue is they're sad. What is what is the best way to get to that reward? Mm-hmm. I smoke some pot so that I don't feel that way anymore. Or And I remember having this conversation with a friend a long time ago. I was like, you know, you can take whatever you want that's your choice. I'm, I don't judge anyone for anything. I personally just wouldn't do it because I don't want to rely on something else to make me happy. Mm. I don't want to rely on something that makes me feel like life isn't real for me to like my life. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Like, of course, that euphoric feeling, like, it's understandable that you want to feel that way. But not, but why not work to make your life actually feel that way? Mm. That's just how I see it. Again, I, I, I see it as that magic pill. Yeah, it's like you want to find that magic pill that'll just take care of your problems. But it's like, oh, what movie? It was a movie or a video I was watching. Oh no no no! It was Storage Wars. Mm. So in Storage Wars, they had this thing for horses. Remember? And it was it was alcohol and marijuana. Oh, they would yeah. give the horses. <laughs> it's funny. It's like that, it was like early eighteen hundreds. They would give that to horses whenever they had stomach problems because they were race horses. You needed them on their top shape, but they didn't understand that that was just subsidizing the feeling. It wasn't taking care of the problem, and their I horses would die. And then as vets, you know, they obviously time went by. They got better. They understood that they need to start making medicines that would actually take care of the problem at its pinpoint not necessarily just covering it up until like they were dead i remember someone said that it was i don't really remember who said it but a lot of people in their lives they take care of more of the symptoms than the actual mm. cause oh my gosh that's a good one that's so crazy but yeah. i wanted to talk about another habit i just told you this before the podcast when is the last time and this is a huge habit that i guarantee 99 percent of people have and i'm guilty too sometimes yeah but when is the last time that you, it sounds funny, used the bathroom or were on the toilet mm-hmm. without using your phone? When is the last time you took a shower without looking at social media? When's the last time you went to sleep without looking at your phone before sleeping? I like that one a lot. Crazy. I like that one. The only reason I can say I did it recently is because I broke my phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I don't, but I, I know what you mean beforehand, before I had broken my phone, I think every single time, or actually... And this sounds funny, but, like, within our families, like, pooping is, like, everybody announces it. <laughs> They're just like, I got to go poop. Yeah. And the first thing you see everybody do is, like, they literally stretch across the room to grab their phone and mm-hmm. then sprint to the bathroom, right? Yeah. So you are right. That is a very, very true conversation. I mean, topic, but whatever. 
like, all right, it sounds funny. When I was on the toilet, I was noticing <laughs> that my phone was dead. But I was noticing, I was just like, it's crazy how, like, like me and, a, like, I guarantee, like, 99% of the population, we hide our thoughts away and our thinking with uh, entertainment in our hands, mm. our phones. So instead of just sitting on the toilet or instead of just showering, that's when our thoughts kick in. That's when our problems kick in. That's when life, mm. like, really kicks in and we were just, we have to deal with that. But when we don't want to deal with that, we just let the phone kind of take over and it becomes a new form of blocking our thinking, blocking our feelings, blocking our actions and the, the steps forward. And you know what's kind of funny? Back to the marijuana conversation. It It's almost like the same thing if you think about it because the dopamine that's released whenever we watch funny videos or the addiction to our phone, it's the same thing. It's a new euphoric feeling. Like I'm so happy because I'm laughing. These videos make me feel good whatever it is, or it's satisfying videos or whatever, you're using that to cover up the feeling of, let me just sit here and think. Let me just sit yeah. here and reflect. Of course, no one really thinks like, hey, let me reflect as I poop. But what would happen if you just kind of sat there? like, Or even just every once in a while, you just sit there and think. Like, what? Like I always love that quote, like, if only a man thinketh, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I love that. But that's, I don't know. That's a really good topic to just think around. Mm-hmm. Just by taking a breath and being it's not just thinking but being consciously aware that you're thinking that's the biggest part if well can you think without being consciously aware that you're thinking i don't know see this is the kind of things that i research because it's like these crazy questions you can really ask yourself are you consciously aware you're thinking i don't i think now I, i think i solved it i think i don't think you have to be consciously aware when you're thinking, because think about when you zone out. Like, I'll have moments, I'll zone out, and I'll have, like, a whole movie playing on my head. <laughs> and then I, like, tell you, you're like, what? You just had this whole story playing in your head. And, like, mm-hmm. but it's, like, I don't realize until after the fact, like, oh, man, I just, I was just thought this whole thing. And I'm, like, it's so, like, I don't know, like, you know? Yeah. Like, I wasn't conscious that that world I was daydreaming about wasn't real. Mm. So that's interesting. Maybe that, see, I don't really understand. Well, I haven't. I know, obviously, what consciousness is, but what is that scientific terminology behind it that differentiates, yes, you're still conscious versus no, you're no longer conscious when you do this, you know? that I think that would be a really good topic mm. to look up, talk about. I think in the mind, world, mindset, mind, mental health, it's talked about more as surface level consciousness versus looking behind the scenes of it yeah okay but i think that would be something cool to look at you're saying like the tip of the iceberg thing yeah i mean i think a lot of mental health and mindset things that are used to help us push past are very surface level because if you think about nothing is as hard as it seems it's not as hard as it seems to Mm -hmm. be fulfilled in life or to be happy it's just looking at it in a different perspective like and that's good. That's a good thing. Humans don't need complexity. But again, just looking at it past the surface level, what is working behind the scenes to make all of these things happen? Like, for example, we could go into perspective and I could go all the way back into like where the mind, like kind of like you have for the ganglia and all those things. Like mm-hmm. that's me for perspective. Like I love that topic just as you love this one. So I'm curious to see you go further into your, because I know even you're writing a lot for 
even at school, you returned an essay that had to do with business still to consciousness. And your classmates, they were like in awe about the topic. Like you didn't know it was possible to combine those two. But it is possible. You literally proved it. And it's awesome. I mean, it's like my really big topics I love researching and talking about is consciousness, uh, self-discipline, and habits. Because mm-hmm. I even started researching habits, like knowing what the hippocampus was, yeah. knowing what the uh, basal ganglia is. But, you know, there's also something that I <laughs> notice is a lot of people, they make goals in their, in their business or in their jobs to, let's say, provide for their family so their kids don't have to pay for college themselves. Mm-hmm. Or they want to create a business so they have free time to spend with their family. But along the way they forget about that goal. Mm. So instead of when they do have that free time in their business to hang out with their family, they still spend it more in the business Mm. because it's a habit to veer off and continue what you're doing rather than stay on your goal. Because I feel like some people get that that shade on their eyes and they veer off road and they go further away from their goal of what was intended because their goal for creating their business was to be financially free and to have more time to spend with their family. But they're not financially free, and they're not spending more time with their family. No matter how hard it is, it's still possible that if your goal is to spend time with your family, you go make time and spend time with your family because that was the point of your business. But where are you now? What is your purpose now? You know, I think that really also goes into discipline, like being disciplined enough in your mind to say, okay, it's time to set aside this moment for this. It's time to Mm -hmm. schedule this, to follow the schedule I've set, to fulfill the promises I'm promising, to go through the things that I say I'm going to go through. Like, those types of things. Here's Actually, as we were talking about it, how do you feel about can discipline be a habit or is it kind of like you you need... Obviously, you need discipline to complete a habit and continue growing it, but can it in itself be a habit? Like, to be disciplined? In my opinion, 100% yes. For me, my thing is I've watched so many videos of Brian Tracy. What I have implemented in my mind, I made it a habit by like repeating it so many times is do it now. Mm. Do it now. When I see something I leave out, I say, do it now. Go pick it up. Or uh, let's say we have a huge task and I'm like, "Uh, I want to do this because it's easier. I say, do the big task now. Do it now. Mm. And it's the do it now. I just keep repeating, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. It's that repetition, a habit of any time I don't feel like doing anything, I'd say I do it now. So whenever Mm. I don't feel like working out, I say do it now. When I don't want to read, I say do it now. So I think self-discipline and habit can play hand in hand, but obviously they do have their different barriers. That's interesting. I also like, in a sense too, if you think about it, it's like when you have a habit, you have to almost, after a while, right? Because habits happen over time Mm -hmm. too. You have to be conscious because oh, yeah. I feel like there can be habits that continue to go on and on and on and on. And then it gets to the point where you're just doing them and it's no longer like, not that there's no purpose to them, but they're no longer very rewarding. Mm. They just become it. Like, let me think about one, like um, working out. Like I remember we'd go, when we did weightlifting, it was fun baiting the records and doing this and doing that. But I remember we got to a point where we wanted to shift it and we changed it to like uh, we were trying to do like 
was just repetition because we wanted mm. to get toned. So we were doing higher reps and usually when you're around that, you're not moving up weight too much. You're just really doing high reps mm. until you can move it, move up. And I remember that that repetition, 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 day after day, day after day, doing almost the same thing, different body part. Mm. It was like we were just showing up to show up. It was no longer because I wanted to or I wanted the reward. Like I stopped wanting the reward out of it. I think that no, that was a perfect point. Because I think habits break because you no longer find any good out of it. You no mm. longer find a reward out of it. Why do you think a lot of people, and 99% again, 99% of people quit working out within the first week or two yeah. because there's no more reward. At first, they get pumped. They get motivated. Again, they go to the motivation side of the equation rather than the self-discipline side of the, of the equation. And they don't form the habit because it, they, don't, they don't find the reward in it anymore. Yeah. It's like the re- reward may be, hey, I can get fit, but that's not as big like enough. big enough because no, if you're yeah. like, like, let's just think reality. <clears throat> if you're obese and you're like, I can have six pack abs, your mind and your mind, that inner critic is like, that's impossible. Look where you are. Look where you have to be. You can't do it. And then you quit because the reward seems too far fetched. Mm. And it's like you have to make the more small compounded uh, rewards for yourself. So. For example, let's say you are okay. obese and you eat maybe five cookies a day, okay? And let's say you need to work out. So every time you do a mile every day, give yourself two cookies instead of five cookies. And then as you progress through time, go from two cookies to zero cookies. And then once mm-hmm. you go with that, start eating more vegetables, start implementing more water. But it's when you do everything at once, like we always so say, if you compound everything at once, 10 things on your shoulders, the weight eventually is so unbearable that it crushes you. And that's why habits don't form like working out, eating healthier, or managing your stress properly, or focusing on your task and your business and at work. Who who was the one, I think it was a health coach we met who talked about how when she helps her clients, it's not about taking things out, it's about putting the right things in, Mm. and the bad things start to funnel out on their own. Yep. Right? And it's like, for example, the way I would have fixed well, we ended up going into running. That was the thing. Like, that's what happened with our weightlifting. We got really into running. We got the bug. For those who run, like, you know what that is. Like, you just keep running 5 and 10Ks, and then you're crazy. But No marathons yet. <laughs> one day. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, if we were to have continued, it, it wouldn't necessarily be keep pushing through. It's, okay, reflect on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What are, why are you doing this? And if you want to continue... What goals are you going to strive for every time you get there? You know, like, you'd have to find goals that you like and are attainable. Like, people don't realize Mm -hmm. you have to make goals at least attainable in the beginning so that, of course, dream big. No one is telling you not to dream big. It's make goals that will keep pushing you forward because it's almost like if you're at a dollar and you want to make a million dollars, there's going to be lots of fails in between a million dollars. So obviously you're going to get discouraged sometimes, but obviously keep finding those goals. But if you're like, okay, I'm at a dollar, let me go to 50. You got a 50. Oh yeah, man. Okay. Now let me get to a hundred. Oh yeah. Now you're really pumped. And you know, it's like that power of success. Like once you hit one, you're ready to hit the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And that one little, okay. Then you make a mistake. Oh, it's okay. I made the 50. I made the hundred. I'm going to make the next 500 oh my God, I made 500, right? It's the compound of the success that you made these goals attainable. And I'm not saying make them easy, 
attainable isn't easy. You're mm. still going to fail. I'm glad you said that. But it's still enough where you're like, I can do this, right? You're not discouraging yourself over and over and over and over and over yeah. without giving yourself a little bit of like the cookie. Yeah, I see I see it just like that. Like when you set such a high goal of a million dollars and you just want to go from zero to a million dollars within a month, you're crazy. Just think about the ladder. If yeah. there's only one step and it's at the or one stair and it's at the very, very top, that's the only thing you can climb, but you can't reach it. And you know it's so high up, but you let me finish no, 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 yeah. But it's like this: you need to take the small steps up to actually climb the ladder. But the problem is, is that when you climb up the ladder throughout life to get to that big goal, your the ladder sometimes ends up breaking a step. Mm. People fall down, but sometimes they look too far down that they just want to jump off. Instead of looking back up and climbing, they keep looking yeah. down. I think that's a really big habit that overtakes a lot of people when they're going after their goals. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of like the example you were talking about. If you want to make a million dollars a month, is it possible? Of course it's possible. Yep. People have definitely done it before. But what are you going to do? Like, what are your steps to getting there? What are the small steps you're accomplishing to get there? Mm-hmm. Whether, okay, uh, to make a million dollars, I have to make a business. Are you taking that step? Okay, my step number one, I have to make a business. Oh, my God, I made a business. Yes, I got the LLC. I got the EIN. I got this. I got that. I registered with the state. Oh, I did it. You know, like yep. that first accomplishment, as, as crazy as it sounds, it gives you courage. It gives you push. It gives you enough to say, I can continue to believe in myself to continue to do this. Or even just showing up at networking events. People don't realize like when you show up at one, just showing up and being conscious in your mind, I'm showing up and I'm doing this. Like that should be a habit to consciously be aware of every step you're taking to continue your goals. Because that, that right there is the compound effect. The compound yep. of your successes will add up in your mind and they will be so much more powerful than those here and there mistakes that you're going to make, those failures that you're going to make. They're not going to be as big in your eyes as the successes. Mm-hmm. Even if those successes are so tiny, it, it's beautiful in your eyes. It's like seeing the sunset. We see it every single night. But why is it still so beautiful? Mm, that's a good question. You know what I'm that's saying? That's another topic I would yeah, research. Yeah, that's another topic. But you mentioned courage. I love that word. You yeah. know why? Because I first thought, right when you said that, my mind was like, what is courage to you? Mm. I said, it's being okay with failing constantly. And you know mm. that's going to be okay. You know you're going to win at some point. Yeah. As long as you keep persevering, as long as you keep persisting, and that eventually becomes a habit. Because every time you fall off the ladder, you climb back up. Yeah. Every time something or someone anchors you down or tries to pull you down off that ladder, you say no and you climb back up. But I I just wanted to go back to that because I think courage is such a big thing that is so underrated, really. You know, actually, now I think about it, it's weird. Like for a couple of years, for some odd reason, I feel like I hadn't, I at least didn't hear that word for a long time. That's exactly what I'm saying. Strange. Yeah. Like I probably did, but I, I never noticed it. But this year, that word has been so important. And I think it's because it's bigger than bravery. It's bigger than being strong. It's bigger than not being afraid. Courage is like that muscle man holding all those words up. You know what I mean? Like, it may be... Wait, let me finish. Okay. <laughs> it may just be like our connection to the word. But it just, it seems very powerful. Yeah. The intention behind it is very powerful. I was just going to say... The, the way you mentioned that courage has been, like, you haven't heard it before, but now all of a sudden it's big, it's probably because you developed that act of courage. That's very true. I think that this year, 
I mean, oh. every year, the last three years have been crazy. It's, dude, it's been three years, crazy. but it's felt like oh, 100 years. Like it, it has been a crazy three years. And I know right now in your guys' mind, you're thinking, oh, yeah, COVID was great. Not just COVID. Let me tell you, me and Nick met three years ago, and those three years have been the craziest years of my life. Amazing. And there has been some crazy shit going on in my like, life. You, you don't want to know. <laughs> But it was like, it's all worth it. It's all good, crazy, you know, like it, the sad parts, the crazy parts, like, where was I getting to this? Oh, it's like, in my mind, when I started realizing, like, holy crap, dude, like, not only as a human did we go through a pandemic, like, let's take a step back. When the pandemic started, there were rumors of zombie apocalypse. Like Dude, that is my, my dad worst was ready to fear. take me to my uncle's house to get guns. Like <laughs> literally <laughs> it was just crazy. Like people were actually talking about how like if you got COVID, like you were gonna be a zombie, and then all of a sudden that was gone and now there now there's a toilet paper yep. like shortage. I'm like, who's pooping this much? <laughs> like I know it's hard, but like I thought like the problem was like your throat, not your butt. Yeah. But <laughs> at least people are being clean. Somewhat. I hope so. But it's like there were so many things that not just COVID, but then it was like now we're, everything's online. It just the whole mm-hmm. world proved that we can be okay if we just were online, mm-hmm. and people were not okay with that. And some people were really okay with that. Some people still do it, and hey, do what you gotta do. But it's like the last two years with COVID alone have transformed the world. But you and I, like I feel like, and again, it can be everybody's own story. You have to sometimes yeah. take an account to yourself, like. Holy shit. Just even think about the last month of your life. Like, think of all of the things you've done. Like, if I'm being honest with you guys, Nick and I have been in business for three years and I've never networked or talked to this many people as I have now. Amazing people. Amazing, amazing people. But my whole thing growing up was I don't need to talk to people. I don't want to talk to people. I was not a people's person. But... As you start realizing you do need people, people are good. There is good people out there. There's people that really genuinely want to help and they want to grow their businesses and they want to grow people and they want to give people jobs and they want to help people get their houses and they want to help people this and left and give people treats so that, like, you know how many bakers we've met and they have such good food and there's so much love in their food? Like, Mm -hmm. The different array of businesses and employees and jobs and just everything is crazy because you don't really think of that often. Like, you Mm -hmm. sit there and think, like, there is so much importance behind everybody's life. Like, everybody says that. Everybody says, oh, you're so important. You're this. But no, think about it. If you weren't there at certain moments, like, what, what would that be? What would the world be? What would the world be without you? Hey guys, and don't forget, we also have our intro sessions for our ECF programs, where we help small business owners that are overwhelmed, burnt out, and stuck at a plateau develop a growth mindset so that they can continue to create extraordinary lives and businesses in order to save massive amount of money, time, and peace of mind. I promise you, you may not think it's a lot, but you do affect the world. The entire world. Like, a lot. Like, I remember, I don't even know who told me this, but... It was around middle school. Someone told me once, like, there's a quote, when a butterfly flaps its wings, 
somewhere in the world a hurricane appeared because of its like mm-hmm. power and and it's like this weird i don't know if it's a myth if it's like some like random quote or just like what is one of those things called uh hmm. like a metaphor it's like a metaphor but it's just interesting you know because if you think about it, if you really really think about it that butterfly left a little bit of wind they could have caused i don't even know i don't know it just that string effect right if it mm-hmm. hadn't flapped this wing maybe there what if there wasn't a hurricane or i don't know it's like it's everything has a, a, a sort of sequence a purpose yeah like, so, like you're part of like something constantly creating something else yeah because i mean i was gonna say the butterfly flapping its wings it could have you know been flying away towards a predator and the predator ended up eating something else and then it's like then the predator ends up in a human's yard a human gets angry and it just keeps going on you can come up with these scenarios with your imagination but it's crazy because you affect the world by your habits who you are as a person we are all habitual creatures we are built off habits but your current results Everything you have in your life, your routine, it is because of your habits. And you affect the world by your habits, whether they are good or whether they are bad. And, you know, there's like that two-sidedness, right? It's like you want to tell people sometimes like, dude, you're you're causing your world to feel that way that you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. But then you also don't want to make people feel like, hey, like, you don't worry. Like, the world just is the way it is. You just have to be a good person. You know, it's like that contradictory contradiction like that fine line between you have to find the right way to say it at the right time because there's certain ways to say it that make it sound wrong but it's not like you really do control your life you may not be in the best situation but you can control how you feel in that situation and what you do next yeah and what you do with it what like what outcomes are you gonna pull from that or even you know, it's just, it's crazy. It just really is. Like, even when you join a group of people, you can change the mood of that group. And if you really can't, if you really can't overweigh it, it's also your choice to leave that group. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that simple. But our minds are so complex, they want to find every bit of reason for why it can't be that easy. I was just about to say, I was about to write that down. It's, I like how you mentioned a group of people around you, but... It's the power of influence. Mm -hmm. Because if there's a group of people around you that you're very familiar with, you love hanging out around them, you're going to become just like them. Because you end up accepting, not rejecting, but literally accepting everything they do. And everything they do is their habits. So if they have a bad habit to do whatever, you're going to adopt that same habit. At first, you'll be consciously aware and say, that their habit right there, that is insane. Like, that's weird. Give it a year, give it a month, give it a week, give it 10 years, you're going to become that. That's yeah. how powerful influence of habits are. That was it's one of so crazy. That was uh, what's it called? I was watching a podcast. I don't remember who. Actually, I do remember, but I don't want to say their name. Uh, <laughs> I was watching their podcast, and I remember one of the things they were talking about was like your circle you influence around, right? Like who do you influence? Who influences you? But people don't realize like if there is a group of people, right, and in the beginning, 50% of them are negative, 50% are positive. Okay, there might be a disbalance. At some point, one of those 50% of the people are going to like 
shift. They're going to shift. It's never going to be 50-50. Somebody's going to shift. And one, let's say it shifts to negative. Slowly that negative power, as po- if you are a super powerfully positive person, if you continue to stay in that overwhelmingly negative space, you're going to start feeling negative. Mm-hmm. No matter how powerfully positive you are, but the solu- everyone's always like, well, what is the solution? Take yourself out of the situation. Take yourself out of that area as long as you can. Some people, whether it's, let's say you're talking about toxic friends or toxic family or toxic this and left and right, there are moments in your life that you can step away and just give yourself that recharge. Mm-hmm. You, well, if it's friends, then you know you shouldn't be hanging around them. It's I would much, what is that quote? I would much rather have little good company than lots of bad company. Mm. There's there's so many versions of that yeah. quote. But it's the fact that we can't as humans be afraid to be alone if the consequences of not being alone is hanging out with people who just destroy our lives or make us feel mm. tired and drained. That's that's not okay. I like that. It's okay to be alone. It really it is. is. It is. And I think that in our minds, sometimes we're too afraid because we get bored. There's too much to think about. We don't want to think about what we're in right now, the situations and all these things. But there's so much you can do in your own space alone. Mm-hmm. You can create new habits. You can build positive reinforcement. You can find new things that you love. Like You can find yourself, first of all. A lot of people don't know who they are in general. And that time alone, you can do that. And, of course, people will come. Your positiveness will attract positive people. It'll happen. 100%. That's inevitable. But you first need to take yourself out of that situation as much as possible so that you then aren't being drained. Just look like when you make that huge decision to leave that group of friends you grew up with, but they talk so much shit about someone you like as a person, eventually... Like Carmen said, you're going to break that barrier and you're going to actually accept their ideas and then you're going to be hateful towards that person. But if you take that hard step away from them and you say, look, I got to go my own solo way. I, it's okay to be alone. I have myself and I'm going to be myself because when you're yourself, everyone wants to become yeah. friends with you. They really do. Yeah, they do. And that's so true because your confident vibe, again, perspective, when you become confident and you become aware of it, you're not looking for acceptance. You're not looking for someone to follow. And because of that radiance, people become attracted to hanging out with you, to yeah. sitting with you, to being with you. And real quick, what you were saying earlier, like that group of friends that talk shit, that's because they all feel insecure within themselves. Everybody says it, but no one realizes really behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Like it's, it's real. When you make fun of someone else, you're seeing a reflection of yourself at some point in that person. If that yep. person is not afraid to fail, but they constantly keep failing, and that person keeps making fun of, ha, 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 you, you're just a failure, this and that, that's because you keep failing, and you feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. That's your reflection that you're feeling. So it's almost that reminder, like, if someone is really, like, having that bad mood, that bad attitude, being mean to you, being rude to you, just remember, they're, it's not an excuse. I'm not giving them an excuse mm-hmm. to act this way. I'm just saying... Don't let it get to you because that is what they're seeing of themselves. And it's very true. Wow. And remember, um, my little sister, we were talking about that just the other day 
about how like and we make it a joke right because we play around with each other we make jokes and we're like oh that's just a reflection of what you think about yourself and it, it but it is true it, it, it is true it's it's very true when somebody is making fun of another person or another thing or whatever it is it's you're really just seeing a part of you in there somehow and you're so mad you're so angry and you have no other outlet but what's right in front of you mm. isn't that crazy like outlets like that's why also like if you yourself are not feeling confident those outlets you have to find make it a habit to make it positive find something like that that makes you rebuild it you know what made me think of that Mm. it may be like a little controversial but we were listening to that uh the catholic uh priest podcast Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how everyone wants to create their own jesus Mm -hmm. in their lives they want to create the perfect jesus but jesus made in the bible of who he was what he does why he does it Mm. but people wanted to make their own version of him Mm. because they feel like they need to be perfect themselves yeah and another thing he was saying you remember it was like once they heard no 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 that's not the real jesus the real jesus is and they would read off the biblical scripts they would get mad Mm -hmm. because it wasn't to their standards why is it that people are not okay with people other people not being their standards, but when someone gets mad at them for something they're doing wrong, they get upset. You know what it's, I mean? I don't know. It's, That's it's another very, good like, thing to research. It's because... like you want to be your own person, but when someone else is like, no, then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. But you can make all your judgments. You can make all your and it moves. And what stuff. is even crazier is that people, imperfect people, are judging God. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about We're that for a second. Perfect, and that's okay. Yeah, Im- imperfection is the p- perfection. Yeah, like once you realize that you're going to fuck up, you're going to do crazy shit, you're going to make dumbass m- decisions, make bad decisions, okay. and things are not going to go your way. Like, you just have to have fun with it. You just have to like laugh about it sometimes. Like, I remember one time my mom told me, and it's really funny, but she was like, "Sometimes when you like do something really, 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 really bad." You just, sorry, my contacts are going everywhere. Sometimes when you do something really, really bad, you have to just laugh about it. Because Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You can't go back in time. You just got to laugh about it. And I think that's where I also started building that habit. Like like finding an outlet when I'm nervous or when I'm so happy or I have these jitters. I I, I go to the bathroom because I'm not going to do this like in random public (laughs) scenes. But I'll go to the bathroom and I'll just start dancing and like (laughs) shooting in the air. Like, Like I just start like silent screaming like, you know, like, yeah. I'm, like, super excited because I need to get those jitters out. I can't just sit there and, like, you know, like, twist my neck That's and, like, oh, exactly God, what so I'm excited. saying about the habit. You have the cue. You have the routine. Yeah. You have the reward. The cue is I'm um, I'm feeling, like, a little excited right now. Yeah, the, like that The jitter. routine is to go to the bathroom, dance, and the reward is you got rid of the jitters. Yeah, I got rid of the jitters. Now I can feel good without having to, like, spasm out in public. Yeah, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> like, where were we the other day? Um... What were we doing where I just wouldn't stop moving? I don't know. I think that's what we (laughs) We were somewhere. I can't remember. I'll remember next time. Yeah. Habits are crazy. Yeah. Let's let's finish this off. This was awesome. Great. I love habits. It's one of my favorite talks to talk about. Cool, guys. We'll see you guys at the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, and don't forget to look out for our blogs. We're going to start dropping them every Friday. And we're also going to be working on Whiteboard Wednesdays for YouTube. So Every Wednesday, like okay. in the title. Oh, yeah. All right. Peace.